Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. Someone has said, well, after we've done an embryo transfer, why don't we make you lie down so the embryo has a chance to implant? Well, people have tried, have experimented with that and uh, the evidence is that makes absolutely no difference whatsoever to pregnancy rates. Her resting has made no difference. And if you think about it, the uterus is not a balloon. I mean, we sort of imagine the uterus is a balloon. Once you're pregnant, it becomes a balloon. But um, in life, uh, the front wall and the back wall are actually very closely opposed to each other. They're right up against each other. They're like the sheets on a bed. (laughs) And uh, what we're doing is putting the embryo between the sheet. People have done experiments putting radio opaque, very visible dots of fluid into a woman's uterus and sees what happens they don't fall out and that's not resting. So first of all, there've been studies keeping women in bed, which made the hospitals richer because you're paying for their bed, comparing it with getting straight up and out. And it makes no difference to the pregnancy rate. So there is no need to lie down, be normal after you've had your transfer. It's not going to fall out. Even having intercourse on that evening may be a positive rather than a negative in terms of you might worry that it's going to dislodge the pregnancy. It doesn't. And there is some evidence from animals um, that the seminal fluid may have a positive effect on the immunology of the acceptance of the embryo. So um, I actually told my patients it's fine to have intercourse that night. No point in, in resting. I've been doing IVF for 37 years. And so I've had a fair idea about all the things that can happen can go wrong and and kept in touch with the latest things that are going on but i still think from a patient's perspective education is number one you've got to know what's going on it's a complex process the good clinics educate patients very very well and uh i it's my sort of (laughs) role in life to some extent these days is to educate people i've been doing it for medical students and young doctors for years um now i'm hoping I can teach a little bit more to the patients that are out there. Well, if we have a question from Amanda, she says, I've had some friends do a day three transfer and some do a day five. What are the pros and cons for both? We used to do day three transfers as a regular event. What happens in nature is that a group of day three embryos will not, a percentage of them will not get to day five. Putting one back at day three, we don't know really whether we've got a dud embryo or not. So success rates per cycle are less with day three embryos. So by growing them onto day five, we're more certain that we've got an embryo that's going to take. So for instance, uh, in a 35-year-old, I'll I'll be saying to a patient that in their first cycle, there's a 35 to 40% chance of being pregnant uh, with a blastocyst. I would be saying 25% for day three embryo. 
Um, you get more embryos frozen if you put them back on day three be um, because we haven't grown them on and lost any of them. But those were those that, that grow that we lost in the laboratory are ones that would have been lost in the uterus anyway. So 90, you know, it's now I think it's about 80% of all transfers in Australia and now day five embryos. I know there are some clinics who still do day three embryo transfers. There is science that assists um, or that, that is required to grow them on to day five. If the laboratory is not up to scratch, putting them back on day three is a way of getting around that to some extent. But I'm always a little suspicious if day three's embryos are the same, are the, are the standard in a clinic because it may suggest laboratory is not up to scratch. They also, day three embryo, people who do that on a regular basis also tend to put back two embryos uh, to try and improve the pregnancy rate. But that ends up with more twins. And while twins sound wonderful, in fact, they have four times the risk of cerebral palsy because of prematurity and twice the risk of losing a baby than a singleton pregnancy. So now in Australia, again, we've changed over the last 15 years. We now, 90% uh, of cycles in Australia are single embryo transfers at day five. Science has moved on. Some clinics haven't moved on. Um, they're the ones that are still doing day three transfers. Prof, we have a question from Dushia. Uh, while taking hormone injections of 450, what is the best dietary while taking injections so high, like increasing eggs? Uh, there's no evidence that diet makes any difference whatsoever to your dose um, or the impact of your dose. No, I mean, there's a lot talked about diet uh, in, the, in social media and on Dr. Google, um, and the evidence is zero that anything in particular other than a balanced diet, um, vegetables, meat, fish, makes any difference whatsoever. Vitamins, supplements, absolute garbage in terms of scientific evidence that they make a any difference whatsoever. At 450, clearly your clinician is concerned that your ovaries are not responding very well. Um, that's the highest dose that I go to. Some clinicians rarely um, are going as high as 600. I've heard of even 900. But the truth is the body doesn't actually deal with it. It just puts it out in the urine. So those very high doses make no difference. And it may even be that 450 is making no difference compared with 300. There is some data suggesting that. But I still go to 450 when, you know, we're, we're really trying to push those ovaries really as hard as we can. In terms of diet, nothing makes a difference. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.